0: Contrast, uncle, yeah, you know that's us Where we only speak the real and the real rock with us Where we motivate the people and the politic on success Oh no, we ain't DJ Kelly, but they when we the best Contrast, uncle, Contrast uncle Contrast, uncle, uncle What's happening? contrast uncut season three episode 22 big shout outs to uncle snoops army and bobby d presents i appreciate you brothers it's your host dj One Dollars, dollars like i won some money aka xylo ladies and gentlemen today we got a really really dope special guest you may have seen them you know all across the board if you pay attention to podcasts because the brother got like four of them five of them and you know he's a, out of LA. He's a producer, an artist. uh He got the dope doubt me apparel. He's wearing it right now as we talk about it. He also has a doubt me tech on YouTube that's you know growing fast and rapidly. And you know he he's the man that ventures a part of many many things behind the scenes. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the hyphenate, everybody. How you doing, brother?
1: Hey man, thank you, thank you so much for having me, and, and thank you for the kind words and the. uh for the support, man, like the, the good vibes, the checking out what I do. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just someone that likes to do a lot of different things. So, um, hip hop is, is one of my main things, but yeah, I do so much. So thank you for mentioning those things too.
0: Absolutely. I mean, bro, you blew my mind when I was like, man, he could talk about Disney, the Mandalorian. He could talk about WWE. <laughs> he could talk about sports. He could talk about music and he does all these different things to correlate into it. And I'm like, Bro, that's that right energy. That's taking something and seeing past the the closing of the idea and putting it to life.
1: Yeah, man. I I, I try to be like even with my music and as the hyphenate. Um, it's really just a, it's just who I am as a person, and so I just let it out through my art. So the things that I'm into, the things that I like, um, I just put that in. I incorporate that with my music or with my videos. So even like with my YouTube, my YouTube is filled with so much different content like on Friday I did a live stream of me playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater uh Pro Skater 2 the video game from like 2000 you know um and then I have two podcasts on my doubt me or actually on my on my main YouTube channel the hyphen it one of them is all like you said like you know uh, Mandalorian pretty much it's it's called Talking Pictures podcast and that's all just geek nerd <clears throat> pop culture stuff so movies TV shows gaming pretty much anything relating to visual media And uh, then I have my doubt me podcast where I actually have a a guest on and we talk about different things. And then of course, as a music artist, I'm a music producer. And then, so I have beat making videos. I have, uh, then I'm an artist. So I write songs. I'm a performer as a hip hop artist. So I drop songs. I drop music videos consistently. And, uh, and then uh, whenever I'm interviewed on stuff like this or on radio or whatever, I always have it recorded as well. And I take little clips and I upload, pieces that could uh be a specific you know five minute piece on motivation inspiration et etc well, you know, whatever it is or even storytelling so um I just really believe man like if you be who you are and and you know let it all show man if, if you have various interests like do it I remember uh when I first started doing music like my first project which is not on Spotify or anything like that anymore because like looking back at it I sucked balls in the beginning But like even my first project was very diverse. I had like lyrical underground music and then I had more club mainstream style music and it was all like a mixture. And I remember people would tell me like, man, like stick to one thing. Just do like stay in one one lane and then focus on that. Now there's a part of that that's like, I agree with like you're definitely gonna grow faster if you you stay in one place because people get used to that and they expect that type of content from you. But like, honestly, man, like I'm someone that just has a lot of interest and I felt like, No, I'm going to do everything I want to do. And if it takes me longer to get to where I want to go, because it's harder to build, you know, because I'm building multiple audiences as opposed to one that grows faster. I'm okay with that because at least I'm like making the content that I like. Um, And being the person that I really am. And I don't feel like I'm like limiting myself. So yeah, man, I try to try to keep busy, man. I try to keep busy and and I'm uh, grateful that I've been able to meet people that have like a lot of my friends are not one. Like I I have some friends that are into music. I have some friends that are into gaming, some friends that are into nerd stuff. Like, so being able to like have different people that I get to like experience those things with. Yeah. relate, experience and and create content with a lot of times too. Like that's, that's awesome to me. So I, I try to have fun with what I do. I love what I do. And, uh, But I definitely take it serious, so it's definitely a grind, too.
0: So, you know, I want to put in perspective, that's seven dimensions this brother is talking about, he does. It's not just one, it's not just two. And he took the encouraging words of, hey, you know, put yourself in a box long enough so that people want to buy that box. He was like, why, when I could be the shelf? And, you know, that's real, real important to understand about the dynamics of this game. And, you know, it's plan A. All of that is the culture, it's entertainment. That is all plan A, and everything you're doing is supporting plan A. Plan B is to push plan A, and plan C is to do both. And, you know, <laughs> it's it's incredible to see how you have all these branches and, and took someone's, you know, words of trying to say, no, don't do not do so much. And it's like, well, I love it, so I'm going to spread out. And, and you took that advice the right way. And you made yeah. some of it. Remove the excuse. And so, no, that's incredible, Brad. And you started off right here with a bang. And, you know, I'm going to slow you down just a little bit because I got this quote. And yeah. I want to know how the quote relates to you or if it doesn't, it's all good. I want you to talk about it. Okay. Know your worth. People always act like they're doing more for you than they're doing for them. Kanye West.
1: That's facts, man. Um, I think people, one is people always try to make themselves feel as valuable as they can so that because they're scared of not feeling valuable where they're not needed. So yeah, people always definitely want to make themselves seem like they're, important, you know, important to you. Um, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that so long as you don't abuse that. Um, but I mean, you should, you should definitely know your worth and know, you know, what you deserve out of people as well as what you're able to give. Like on the flip side of that, I see a lot of entitled people that think, Oh, I'm this, I'm that. So I deserve this and I don't have to give anything. I totally disagree with that, man. I feel like if you, if you get in this world, you have to also be willing to give. Now you don't have to give the exact same thing that you get, but you have to have like a, essentially something that's like a fair trade, you know, same thing like in relationships, right? Like whether it's a romantic, platonic friend, family, whatever, it's like you give, you get, you get, you give. Um, but you should definitely know your worth and, and not let people take advantage or trick you into thinking that they do so much for you that now you have to kiss their ass.
0: Facts. Cause everyone got to remember that, you know, it's like that one movie that came out, Matthew McConaughey and Al Pacino and they're about gambling, as soon as they call you, they call you. They want your advice. And, you know, you have to remember that the value of someone taking the time to even hit you up. You don't take advantage of that. You don't handle it the wrong way. But you know your value. You put forth your business, and you do the work. You know, not are trying to have false hope, because false hope is going to get you somewhere you never wanted to be. And that's the same place you've been.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's real talk, bro. Real talk.
0: So I got to ask you to hyphen it. Did the game choose you or did you choose the game? And I'm talking about music and entertainment.
1: When it comes to hip-hop music and, and or just making music in general, um, I chose the game, definitely. I was not born into the game. I didn't have connections, family members. I didn't have anybody to show me, you know, how to do things. YouTube wasn't even really where it's at now where you could, like, look up how to do something. Uh, I grew up loving all types of music i grew up listening to like literally all styles of music hip-hop was always what i gravitated towards the most as far as my my primarily i guess you could say i had a bigger library with hip-hop music um but I, again i listen to all genres and so rap hip-hop i never had any desire or intention to make music i never planned on making beats i never planned on writing songs or even performing as an artist wow. i just listened to it consumed it all the time all day every day like it was always, I had a boom box or I had a CD player or a tape player, you know, like as I grew up, you know, different things An iPod when that came out, you know, and I was always like the one in school that always had like all the latest music. Like I would always save my money and I would go to Tower Records or Best Buy or wherever they sold CDs. And I was always, the moment a CD dropped, I bought and like usually on like every week I would drop, I would buy like one, two, three CDs at a time. And so, of like whatever artists were coming out that had they've already released a song, you know, so like I, I was like, oh, I, I want to buy that CD so I can get that song, and I want to hear what else. So I was always the one that had like all the catalog, like, oh, you guys gotta hear this song, oh, you got to hear that song. So as a consumer, I was huge into just collecting music, listening, and then, um growing up, I started doing video uh, so I started well, man, I, I, I do I did a lot of things growing up that led to music, so. Backyard wrestling was huge for me when I was like in fifth grade. I started uh, doing like my own little backyard wrestling inside the house uh, because I was a big wrestling fan. WWF at the time, then WWE you now. That led to me filming it. I got my mom's camcorder. I recorded my matches, and uh, eventually, wrestling. If you, uh huh. Who are you wrestling? Your brother? Your cousin? Uh, my my best friend at the time so we were the same age and we both loved wrestling. And so we would do like legit matches with like ladders and we would go get like those little cheap, like super thin metal trash cans for like those little office trash cans, use those to hit it over over our heads. Like all that. I still have the tapes. I just, uh, I need to find like a, a camcorder from that time period with that, uh, with that size tape. So I could convert them to digital now. Cause I don't have a camcorder like that anymore, but I still have all the tapes. And so we would do these backyard wrestlings and, uh, and I used my mom's camera to record them. And I created, like, even as a kid, I was creating my own show. I called it, instead of uh, World Wrestling Federation, which was WWE, I called it HWF, House Wrestling Federation, because we, we would be in the house wrestling. And then I wanted to, if you've ever watched wrestling, when the wrestlers come down to the ring, they have their own theme music. And then they have, like, this big jumble screen above the, the ramp that shows like, it looks like a music video. It's like a highlight video of like their best moves, their best whatever to their theme song. And I wanted to make that. So I was like, oh, I, I wanna learn how to edit the best clips of my wrestling moves, put them to a song. And so when I would walk out to the ring, which was like in the living room, um, I would put it on the TV. So at the time I didn't even have like computers, like smartphones didn't exist. So computers, even that was like super expensive and hard to come by with like editing capabilities. But my uncle showed me a super cheap way to take the footage from a camcorder, hook up the RCAs, which were like that red, white, and yellow cables, hook that up to a VCR, press play on the camcorder, record on the VHS, a blank VHS tape, stop, and then look for the next clip, record, stop, and then just kind of just keep stacking up clips. And then from there, he showed me how to take that VHS tape to another so that vcr output to another vcr with another blank tape and then connect a a stereo boombox as the audio source into that other vh vhs uh, vcr so it was like super like grimy mickey mouse way to kind of make my own little edits and i ended up making a full-blown like entrance video i did highlight videos i I taught myself how to just kind of like take it to a, a further step and I even like, would like mathematically write out the time signatures. So like I could figure out, okay, the song is going to build up at this point. So I got to get the more intense clip to match on the VHS at that moment. It was, it was, it was a mission, but I, I made it work. And then eventually, shortly after I came across, which I'm actually working on the song and a music video. That's going to talk about this next story that I'm about to explain skateboarding. Uh, that's going to probably drop on June 13th, but I'll, I'll give you the, the gist of the story. I, uh, my best friend that I would wrestle with, he, came, I, I was big into gaming, so Nintendo 64, he came over, he had a game called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the first one of its kind the first one in 1999, and so he came, we played it, I got super hooked, then he started skating, so I started skating, and then taking what I learned from the videos of, with my wrestling and making highlight videos, I started w- wanting to make skate videos, which was what all the pro skaters would do, they would have their own skate videos, where it's like a, like their own part of their best clip skating with the song of their choice etc so i started doing that vhs to vhs etc and then at that point i was getting better at skating and i wanted to take things more seriously and get on a more professional level i was like in seventh grade right here and i, I told my mom like hey I, I need a computer so i can edit you know so i could do proper editing for these videos and, uh, she, she, worked her ass out. I had a single, I have a single mom that, uh, I grew up with a single mother. So she got me a computer. I taught myself everything. Like I didn't understand what, how the hell any of this stuff worked, man. I, I'm like reading the, the, like the, the index part of like the, the little manual to try to learn the terminology. But like, I was like, what the hell? It's like a foreign language. Eventually I taught myself like how to edit videos and I was making a bunch of skate videos and I still skate to this day. And, uh, then in, in high school, I turned into making uh, all my pr- – even in middle school, but in high school a lot. Any presentation on any project in school, I would turn them into short films. So I would write out films with characters, and I created their arcs, their backstories and how they interacted. But like – I, and I would uh, – the whole film would center around all the key points I had to mention in my presentation to the class. So like, for example, Wild West, the, the Wild West, right? I had to talk about lawmen, uh, cowboys – Uh, um marshals etc whatever and then i would create a storyline that integrated all that that could explain how they worked but in an actual story and one of my my and again being a huge hip-hop fan i would incorporate like my favorite songs into my videos even if they had cuss words and i i always got away with it because like at the time like the teachers were just blown away by like who the fuck is making these short films like what because even when I would present to them, hey, I want to do a short film for my presentation, they were always like, look at me like, what are you talking about? Like, They didn't even think that was a possibility. But I would do that. And one, my Wild West one for my, I think my sophomore year in high school for American History, I took the, have um, you ever listened to Eminem? Yeah, of course. His first album, the uh, Slim Shady uh, LP, which is still to this day one of my favorite albums. He has a song called Bad Meets Evil, which is him and Royce the 5-9. There's a like a little intro skit in the beginning and the end where it has, it t- like they, uh, they paint it as like a Wild West time period where it's like this dude talking at a saloon, talking about these two outlaws, which is bad meets evil. And uh, so I took that whole narration clip that in the beginning of that song to start the story for my Wild West film that I wrote that integrated. And I was bad. My other friend in the class was evil uh, no, no, he was bad. I was evil. And so I, I used that song from Eminem to inspire a short film. And we played characters based on the lyrical artist. Um, but it was all for class. So I, 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 I would do that consistently throughout high school. And, uh, so eventually, uh, I, w- I wanted to start sending my short films to film festivals, but I, I, and I didn't know anybody like at this time period, especially, I didn't know like growing up all these years, I never knew anybody that wanted to do these things that I wanted to do or had any experience or there weren't even classes on this stuff yet in, in schools, uh, in high schools and stuff. So I was like, I would do everything write, edit, uh, film it. I would be the camera guy, everything. And then I would star in these videos. And, uh, but the one thing I couldn't do is music. So what I had been doing up to that point in high school was I would buy the soundtracks of, um, movies the the like the score soundtrack which is the mood music that would like it's the music that's in the background of a movie or show that it's not a song but it like if something scary is about to happen you hear like that scary sound or you know and it builds up uh or if it's sad it's like this music that plays underneath in the background it's all instrumental and it makes you feel sad so i would go buy score soundtracks of these movies and i would take my favorite song or take the songs of the emotions that i needed for my short films and i would put it but then with Film festivals, I wouldn't be allowed to do that because of copyright issues. So the end of high school, towards the end of high school, I ended up uh, telling my mom, hey, I need this software to make my own score music so that I can make my own original music and send my, my short films to film festivals. And so she got me software for that. Again, I, that, that was a whole new beast. I didn't understand anything. All new terminology, all new workflow, all new system. and uh, And I was trying to make music having no knowledge of making music at all. So that was horrible in the beginning. At that same time, the movie Hustle and Flow came out. And uh, I was really inspired to like make beats because the software that I had for score music also could let you make, you know, any other type of music. So I was like, fuck, I want to try to make beats. Horrible. Everything I, I do now, like everything I started, I taught myself, so I sucked balls for a long period of time. And so I tried making these beats and nobody liked them. So I kind of stopped and then eventually I ended up making a good beat or a, not even good, a decent beat. And then the way I started actually writing rhymes was I finished making this beat a senior year in high school. I, I think it was March 22nd, 2007. And I made this beat. I, I uh, stayed up all night, even though I had school the next day. I started I just felt inspired to write a song I wrote a song I recorded it with a shotgun mic which is those boom long boom mics that you use overhead on the actors uh for film so I had one of those for my short films I recorded my song on that bounced it to cd pulled up in the morning in school me and all my buddies who had cars we would all meet up in this parking lot uh, in the school parking lot park next to each other and we would all just like bump music and share you know music and you know, just talking and bye-bye. So I was like, yo, I got this. And I was the guy who had all the new music. Like, yo, you guys got to check out this new song. And uh, they came, checked it out. It was me. And they were like, this is kind of cool. Who is this? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And one guy's like, is that you? I'm like, nah. Yeah. And then boom, <laughs> you know, but honestly, looking back at it, listening back to that song, it, it was terrible. But again, you know, for a kid at a time when all this stuff was not as easy to do, people were, were pretty excited about it in school.
0: You know, at oh. that time that you're talking about, like kids were recording from like uh, headphone mics and recording them on uh what was it called? It was like a game that they used to record it on the software system, but it was like a game, and I can't. On oh, the PlayStation? It. No, it was like oh. into the computer, and so oh. like because you know, I remember in high school I used to have friends too. Someone moved from Philadelphia to our high school, and he was rapping out there, and he showed everybody Minecraft, and he took he showed everybody how to use Minecraft, and so. Oh, well. And at that point, everybody started doing music the same way. And you're taking me back to my high school era. But, you know, yeah. something I wanted to point out is that uh, you took the long route to everything. Yeah. You didn't take the easy route. You didn't take the shortcut. You didn't start calling people, begging people for help. You said, nope, I'm going to figure this shit out. And you know,
1: honestly, out. man, if I would have known anybody, I probably would have. I didn't know a single person, so I had to teach myself.
0: Exactly, but you know what it does? It allows you to build relationships on the way while you're headed to that destination. You know, in the beginning, it may be trash or it may be not what you hope it would be or what you envision, but the vision is still there. And it just because it doesn't meet at the beginning, doesn't mean that you you stick away from it or you stray away. You keep on being consistent. And everybody I have met, I have mentors, everybody, they all told me one thing that makes them successful, consistency. A hundred percent. And so, you know, as long as, you know, recognize that's in you and how you exercise it and what you make out of it, you know, you can either be a fat slob or you can be the most healthy, fit person with everything you envision. It's just up to you on your choice and what you put into it, whether you're going to be yeah. an outlier or you're not. You're going to put 10,000 hours in or you're not.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's facts, man. I like how you put it, too. Like, that's what I always talk about is uh, being mentally healthy, mentally fit is like that's important like you have to be working not just on your own personal, like personal development, but on your craft, it's something that you have to like work out on a day to day basis. You know, you have to be, if it's something that you really care about, you're really passionate about, you're going to be doing this, like it's going to be on your mind all the time. And you're going to be trying to be active with it consistently. You know, everybody has a different schedule, depend, especially as you grow up, you have different responsibilities that pop in, in and out. So sometimes you're the amount of time you can put into something. is not the same as other times, but, That hunger, if it's something you really want, it's something that you have to like be dedicated to. Like when you have that free time or you make time to like, okay, I got to write or, okay, I got to sit down and I got to make beats or, you know, and then not only that, but study, right? You got to study the craft. For me, there wasn't YouTube to teach me how to do these things. So I studied by just breaking down what I saw or heard. I would try to like, what are these instruments? Where are they coming? Like, I remember when I first started making beats, I didn't understand bars and structure like that, so it was more of, I kind of just taught myself where, you know, another instrument would come into play, and then eventually, again, trying to find out how to learn, I would look up and try to read what I could to, like, oh, this is how a bar works, oh, this is where you would put that transition, or this is when you would have a beat change, you know, like, so, but yeah, it was just that, that hunger, you got to keep going, you got to keep grinding, and, uh, like, you can't stop, The consistency is 100% key because the moment you slow down, especially now in 2020, you have that super short attention span. If You go like, you know, a month without posting, you might as well like not exist anymore.
0: Come on, come on. And then, you know, it's funny because as I I always talk about this, when we were kids, you know, I bet you were like early 90s, late 80s. But when we were kids, there was no such thing as ADHD. You know, we ran around and had a whole bunch of shit on our mind. We was told to sit our ass down. It wasn't (laughs) go see the doctor, none of that. And so you know we had to learn how to channel that energy versus these kids, they get prescriptions and they get devices.
1: <laughs> Man, I hate all that shit, bro. Like I don't, like I don't b- really believe in labels and stuff like that. Like ADHD, insomnia. Like I understand that just humans are different. Some have more energy than others, or some are more creative than others. Some people are more fit to like be analytic people that are like writing you know in a cubicle or, or doing numbers and some people are meant to be out and about and can't sit down as much like it's just different people different behavior traits and it's not like like someone with adhd which again i don't even like that term but it's not like someone that adhd is like something's wrong with them it's just the main thing is finding how to use what your behavior traits or how your mind works and finding a way to actually keep that enhance yeah, and utilize it for something in your future or for your productivity, your happiness, et cetera.
0: So, you know, something I want to bring up, and I, I know I you being a, a host of your own show and you've interviewed people, the number one thing people want to do in this industry is not make it feel like a job. Nobody wants yeah. to wake up and feel like they have to clock in, hate what they're doing. Because one, that stops creativity. Two, that stops the vibe of being happy and, and joyful for what you do. And right. the third thing of all is, you know you don't want to do it if it's a job, yeah, and you know one thing I respect about what you were able to do is that you recognize all these gifts and it came easy to you, and your mother pretty much she she enhanced it. she was like, "Oh, for know, sure, gift, let me go ahead and do whatever I can to help my son, and it's going to pay off in the long run and so yeah. the question to you is you know through this process, what was your confirmation in life that you know this is what you're supposed to be doing? I can't imagine you saying man i I'm I'm 21 and I'm doing videos and I'm doing all these things with all the power I have and I'm at McDonald's and I'm striving to be a manager and this is the only thing I want to do. I just can't see that parallel for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it depends on the person, right? So if we're talking about me specifically for me, there I just, my mind is always a million miles per hour. And even with all the things I do now, I still feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm so far behind or, so far away from the destination. I feel like I'm nowhere near close and I'm consistently always grinding and striving. And when I get to like certain another level, I'm like, okay, well I'm still a hundred levels away from where, you know, so it's always like a never ending thing. So in my mind, there's just like that hunger. And that hunger is like pretty much something that doesn't ever stop. And that's what's kind of helped push me to, okay, what's next? How do I improve? How do I get better? How do I grow? How do I build my numbers up? you know, et cetera. So just me being kind of self-aware of my mindset, it's like, cause I've had like jobs before, you know, regular nine to five jobs. And, uh, there were times where like, I, I, I almost without, like, I knew I wanted something bigger. I knew I wanted something more and I'm not knocking any of the jobs at all, but just for me, my mindset, it's like what my hunger requires. Those jobs were not going to make me happy enough. Um, I even like, I don't care about the money, the, like the money is not what fuels me. Like I know some people that the money is most important and that's cool. Like if they can find their happiness with their balance, like I think the main thing really quick is balance. You have to find the balance of like the grind, the work, cause even the stuff that I do, or even the things that a lot of us do that, that are in these artistic entertainment aspects, a lot of it is work. Like as much as I love the art, There's a lot that I have to do that does feel like work and it is work. Like, I don't really care for social media, but I have to do social media. But for me, I feel like it takes away me living in the moment a lot of times, or it takes away from me enjoying moments because I'm like, oh, I gotta post. Oh, I gotta think about, oh, now I gotta post. And then it's like, now there's so many social media sites. Like that's a job, the social media aspect. Um, I love making beats. I really don't like making beat making videos, but I know beat making videos are essential to get people excited about my beats so like there there are parts that are definitely jobs but uh yeah man like it, it really comes down like there was so going back to the to the job thing and knowing what i'm capable of doing and knowing what i really want to do that makes me happy um because again everybody's happiness is, is different to them but to me it's creating my art is what makes me happy so if i can when i had these uh like nine to five jobs there were times where because i was so flat broke i needed these jobs i, I took these jobs and all the time that I was putting into it in like what was always on my mind is like, man, if I put it just in, in, let's say an eight hour day in eight hours, you know how many beats I could make, you know, how many, whatever. Now I could be the most talented person in the world. And if it's not making me money, it's pointless. Right. I can make, I would make, and that's happened. A good portion of my life was like, I made some dope ass beats or I made, you know, whatever I thought was really dope. And it just like, Oh, well, if I don't have a customer. I need to go get this fucking job because these dope ass beats are not paying me. So, like, finding that balance, but also thinking, like, nah, man, if I really hustle my ass off, if I use that same time frame to figure out ways and think beyond the craft, the, the art is cool, but really, this is a business, right? So, you have to be able to, like, have some business savvy mindset to, like, learn how to make money off of it. Like, there are so many talented people that are, you know, d- doing these li- little live shows on Venice Beach boardwalk and nobody and people are passing by and nobody gives a fuck so come on the, te- the 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 talent really is one part that almost doesn't matter but it does but on the brand scheme of things it's everything else it's the time you put in the hustle the effort and then the figuring things out being open-minded enough to be like okay, it's not always exactly what you want or how you think you have to like also cater to other people. You got to find ways to be in front. Of, you got to find ways to use in this day and age this social media to stay relevant so that way you can eat off of it. Otherwise, you're going to have to go get another nine to five whether you want to or not. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, you have to know the rules. You have to know the the ground rules for everything because I mean, you brought up a great thing with people at Venice Beach, even the Third Street Promenade and you see all the yeah. town that's there. And you know, one people don't realize it's first come first serves until you need a license or a permit to be out there doing things. And you you don't know the law, you're cutting yourself. And the same thing applies to everything else we're doing. Cause like you said, earlier in the thing, it's like, you know, you had this dope stuff out, but if you don't know the business of it and you don't know where to get it to and get it, you know, handled and, and how to get paid and get the advancement and everything else that's attached to music, it's like, you know, what are you doing it for? And so it's a slow process because you have to keep on having a faith, a faith, light, the light of faith of like, man, I believe this is going to work. I believe this is going to work. And, you know, uh, I bring that up because bro, I was a manager of a restaurant. I ran a pizza place for seven years, made a millions of dollars. And, you know, the main thing about my recipe was, you know, being an advocate for the customer. And, you know, you take yourself out the equation and say, it's your money being spent, even though it's theirs. And how would you feel? And then you treat them that way. And, you know, yeah that made us a ton of money. And then, you know, you got sales schemes, you got all these different things that they're not doing. You added it to it to enhance it. I mean, I did curbside when nobody was doing curbside out here, but the whole bit yeah. is that is recognizing things and inserting it and just having a belief system. I mean, my, yeah. way, my way of seeing is like, man, I did all these things, made them a whole bunch of money, but it didn't cost any of my money if it didn't work. And then the crazy part is that a lot of it worked. So it was like, shit, how come I didn't get nothing out of it? And then I was like, yeah. You got to take care of your business more. And then, you know, how life works, the universe works. I'm not supposed to stay in food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, it'll pull you out. I quit. My mother-in-law told me it was the best thing to ever happen to me. And I'm like, man, how the hell am I going to pay my bills in two weeks? Because this little hundred-dollar yeah. check is going in. I got two kids, a house. How the hell am I going to do it? And then, you know, the universe, God, yeah. everything just starts clicking and, and try to go in real estate. And the music was like, nope. You're going to the BET Awards. You're going to see what life is like that you've never seen. And that's what happened. And from there, I tried to dig back into real estate because I thought I was going to be the wave. And some guy told me, no, if you do real estate, you can't do music anymore because it's a conservative city. You can't do both. They'll think of you in a different light. And so I was like, all right. And then once again, God gets involved, puts me in a position. It's like, oh, music is really what you're supposed to be doing. Entertainment's all you're supposed to be doing. And it continues and continues. And so but it yeah.
1: also happens with you being proactive, right? Like you're you're not just like, oh, I hope this works out or oh, just I hope it shows me the way without you having to do it and you're, you you were still grinding throughout that time, right?
0: Exactly. But, you yeah. know, I think that, like
1: that's something that p- sometimes people don't get. Sometimes they think their self-belief is all they need and then some people think it's all the grind. It's like you got to have both of those things. You got to believe that things are going to work out but also because you believe you believe through the results of your actions, right? You're grinding.
0: Because, you know, for me, I managed the artists. I managed producers. I was doing things and, you know, working very strategically, building relationships, doing as I said, said as I did, building integrity. You know, something said you're going to do something it cost you $500 of your own money. And to make sure it gets done, I was the one that spent the $500. I got named Mr. Make It Happen. And so it's like yeah. all these things were happening, but the end result wasn't correlating to what you envisioned. And so, yeah. like... Well, how the hell do I fix this wheel? And so, you know, that's where this show came about. And I'm bringing all that because I wanna know some of your highs and lows of being in the industry. Cause you know, I went through some crazy highs and then I went some lows and then, you know, snowball effect, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing.
1: Hey man, well, just real quick, man, props to you for having that mindset of finding a way. Like that's, that's, that's important at all times. Um, I I know a lot of people that when things don't go right, they get crushed and they give up. And, uh, that's, that's really what separates the people that make it from the people that don't long-term. Um, so you have to have that resilience and, uh, you know, sometimes you got to go back to the drawing board and try to, okay, well, how do I figure this out now? Or how, how can I use what I wanted to do, but maybe shift it in a different direction that still makes me happy and still lets me feel like I'm creating what I'm supposed to create or what I feel I'm supposed to create. So, you know, that's really dope, man, that, that you you seem like also that same hustler mindset. Uh, so, so props to you for that. Sure. Um, and so uh, what was your question to me? Oh, my bad. I just want to give you props.
0: <laughs> All good, bro. Uh, pretty much, I was just giving you an example of some of my highs and lows. Oh, my,
1: my highs and lows. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly meant to be on some real, real shit. The majority of my career, my music stuff, like, like a lot of my grind. The majority has been lows. I feel like I'm still on a consistent, like, I lose more than I win. Um, I mean, I'm definitely grateful for the things that I have won with or the, you know, my, my small wins that I've had, and and I appreciate those. And obviously, that's a huge fuel to my fire. Like, I don't – like, even with a little bit of, like, like uh, hope or a little bit of, like, a win, I'm like, damn. Like, that propels me to a whole other grind, a whole other level of, of like, okay, keep going, keep going. But, uh, on the grand scheme, I feel like I've taken way more losses and it's been everything you can imagine, man. Like, so me starting all these things that I do by myself, not having anybody to guide me in the right direction, not anybody to show me, help me improve. Like I haven't had like a mentor or someone to like, you know, I've fucked up a lot and not fucked up on like one thing that was always very important to me is just treating humans properly and being respectful and, and not taking advantage of people. So I haven't fucked up in that sense. Um, Cause I think, uh, uh, cause I'm always thinking about also other people while I do what I do. So I, I feel like I can chase what I want to chase while also not hurting anybody else or not keeping anybody else down. Whereas in this industry, I see a lot of people thinking like, Oh, if he starts winning, I'm going to start losing. So I got to hold him down. So I've been on that on the receiving end of that where I'm like moving forward. I'm like doing this, you know, tours with certain people or trying to, do, and then they seem that I'm maybe selling more merch than them or, you know, I'm, a lot of people are coming to take pictures of me or whatever. And I seen, and this has happened to me many times where just the people that have more of the power, just fucking shut me out or on some, even like just made up fucking lies just to make me look bad. Um, I've had people like fuck me over in like every way possible where they try to like not pay me for something. um, Try to like, or for, you know, bullshit promises like, Oh yeah, do this for me and I can do this for you. Never getting what they said that they're going to do. Uh, just shutting me out from because they're, you know, they're, they're hating on the shine that I'm starting to get. um Like, oh, like, no, 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 you're taking – like, I've, I've literally heard this. You're ta- you're taking away my fans. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm, first off, someone who – especially with music, someone who listens to your music can listen to my music and still listen to your music or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, there's not like – it's not like a real estate thing where it's like, oh, once – there's only this amount of land and once – certain amount of houses are built there's nowhere else you can build a house like no it's not like that like with music it's infinite someone could listen add you and me to the same fucking playlist you know what i mean um exactly but uh yeah man i've had a lot of that happen to me um just uh, er- everything grimy man people have been fucking me over or you know taking advantage or trying to like keep me out of stuff and and Lot, and some of it has hurt me. Has, has like definitely taken it's like a toll at some level. But I'm just the type of person that just like nah, fuck that. I'm gonna keep going. And I try to be a person of integrity. So I try to like not. I try not to spend too much time on all that bullshit. I just try to like focus in on the people that are fucking with me or that listen to my music. The people that want the art. And I just try to find new ways to to create. But yeah, man, it, it like it's happened a lot. And so I do a lot by myself. I I. I uh, I even get like weary around people in the industry just because I'm like, damn man, like, I ho- hopefully I don't get fucked over, you know. Um, but, man, I, I mean, if, if, like, I can go and I can go to like for days on specific things that have happened that have have created it's lows. All, but it's a lot.
0: It's all good. So, what would you say is the biggest thing you've learned from the lows?
1: Um, the okay. The biggest thing is if I want something done, I got to figure out how to do it and try to keep myself as self-sufficient as possible. Like a lot of people think like that, like, and I've had people ask me like, Oh, like, you know, this, like a lot of people think like I'm a part of this really big label or this big machine because of what I put out at the level that I put out the, you know, my, my, the quality of, of my, of my content from the music videos to the live streams to um, my graphic design to um, the consistency of how much I put out songs, um, and, and they think it's, like, this really big machine that I'm a part of, but really, it's it's fucking me, man, I fucking, I, it really is, man, like, I'm, like, I I edit my music videos, I direct them, I film almost all the scenes that I'm not physically in the video, um, and then I, I, but I'm grateful, I do have some, some close friends that, that, uh, have helped me in certain aspects. Like I have one of my good friends, Amari, who helps me film um, my music videos, and, and he's also my partner on my tech channel. So, um, but like a good like ninety percent of the load of everything that I do is me. Uh, I get I'm you know I'm the one who have to research and figure out how the fuck do I get my podcast uh, on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, etc. You know. And then I'm the one who edits from the video to the audio to making the instagram stories uh you know video clip edit and form factor to you know the instagram uh, to to uh uh tiktok and to get the songs on TikTok. like every aspect really man. like like even creating my own website doing the design for the website layout handling all the back end running my own merch Shipping it out myself, getting going driving grabbing everything I need to do, figuring out what's where I can grab the merch like the or the, the shirts and getting my wholesale license, and then finding a screen printer that does that, F- figuring out oh like what's the format you need for a design to print you know like all that shit, um, making my business cards so um, it's
0: safe running my that, run, huh it's safe to say that you know your high is that you do it all yourself and it's exhausting
1: and, I, and and I want to get to a point where. I have uh, enough people helping me out with certain aspects that I can delegate and then the, cause then the machine can run faster if it's not just me. Um, so little by little, I've been working on that, but uh, that's what the, a lot of these lows have shown me is when I had people, you know, not follow through with their promises or, and a, and a lot, and, and by the way, I, I'm also someone that doesn't like, I don't just ask for the sake of asking. Like if I ask for something, I'm willing to return in some way. So like, um, if I need someone to do something for me, then I'll, how can I do something for you that benefits? If it's not, it's, a, if it's not a monetary exchange, if I'm not just paying you for something, but you have something that I can like, I'll barter with people all the time. So that's very important is to make sure that, you know, again, Oh, I don't owe someone this or someone, you know, that. So I'm always trying to be very fair with people. And then for some reason, people just like try to get what they can from me. And then, and then they go and do, you know, they don't follow through with their part. So then I'm like, fuck, well, that thing that they were supposed to do for me was going to help this, but now I don't have that. How the fuck do I do it? So then I have to go teach myself how to do this other thing. And now I get it done. So, um, I want
0: to bring yeah. up something important you're bringing that bartering, you're referring to a small business trade. And yeah. a lot of people don't think about that. You know, that they're their own entity, they're their own business, because they do things and, you know, sending a beat out to somebody and then them giving you a verse to use for something else, or, you know, you're doing this performance for someone's community event and you ask them to be a part of this, you know, that is all small business trade. There's value in there, but you're holding the work more valuable than the monetary and yeah. that there is old school. And I'm happy you're doing it because that <laughs> is that whole saying of, you know, relationships get you places, money will not. And yeah, man, that's an experience that you can take forever.
1: That's real talk. And also too, like within this era unfortunately the clicks views matter more than the talent. So if you can find ways to work with people, either you give, you get whatever, like, and you get something that helps create content that can build exposure or create, you know, traffic towards whether your site, your YouTube, whatever, like if you, you have to learn the business side of things or at least some level of entrepreneurship, if you're chasing this dream, So that way you can learn how to, if if you're not exchanging money, but you're exchanging services in some way that's going to benefit your content, then at least you can learn how to turn your content into money.
0: Fair, fair. No, that's real. That's, that's real spill. And you know what? You're supposed to take that spill, clean it up and make some money out of it is what I'm trying to tell you guys. Real spill means turning into some money. Yeah. Yeah. Squeeze all that juice out. It's worth something.
1: Yeah. I was, I can't, get into full details on this thing because it's something that I'm still working on. But I have this thing with this pretty big company that I'm doing some work with, within some of the skills that I have, that's going to like also incorporate the hype in it. Um, but there's, there's some stuff, but right now what we're working on is not a full monetary exchange. Again, it's like, okay, you could do this and I can do that. And, and the idea, and we were having, I was having a conversation with like, you know, the main guy, and uh with again i'm not i might not i might not be making any actual mo- like physical money right off the bat until something else pops up that hopefully we build towards but the the thing that they can definitely offer if things go well with this process that we're working on is i get some exposure out of that and uh to me th- so, like certain levels of exposure is worth more than money because if you know how to turn that into money then that's something that you can actually like you kind of even said earlier, I have these other, I, all these other avenues that I, that I do. If I can turn, I can turn that exposure to create, to, 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 to make money from one of my avenues and then probably overflow to one of my other avenues, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, man, exposure is important and utilizing your talent, your skills to keep people entertained and wanting more of that content for more exposure. I agree. That turns into money.
0: See, I had the Baker boys on my first season. And, you know, when I had them on there, they're from Bakersfield. And, you know, they, they got out of Bakersfield. And it's a funny story. They used to go onto the top of their roof of their house at midnight just so they could hear uh, 92.3 to beat. And, you know, the only time you could hear it is when there's no traffic on the freeways and you have to be on the top of your roof to hear it back in the day. And so they took that inspiration and moved to L.A. and got on the radio. But they were making beats and they were producing. They made a hit song for House of Pain. And they forgot all about making music because the radio got up there and they became high ranking in the radio, radio royalty to today. And, you know, one thing that stuck with me is that they didn't build on the relationships that they had while they were in the doors. They discovered Big Boy in the morning and they just handed him off to Power 106 and, you know, he became a talent, a mega talent that's now, you know, seven, eight figures to be on the radio. And yeah. The whole perception is that I took with me from what I learned from them is that you have to utilize the relationships and, you know, be okay with presenting things and make sure it makes sense. Don't look like an ass and don't talk about things that don't make sense. But you utilize your time and and you build things with them. You'll have more things to represent other than just time block of, you know, us talking.
1: Yeah. It's (laughs) real talk.
0: And I was able to really enhance that. And I'm really blessed because they put that spirit on me to do something more. I always thought about it. You know, if I do this, I do this. Maybe that could work. But the whole idea is to focus on this. And so little did I know that, you know, that whole interview would definitely help change my life because now I take that to everything I do. Like, oh, no, we could relate on that. Oh, you do. And so, you know, how do we build on it and then present something without looking like a dumbass? Right. But bro, I feel like we could talk about business, we talk <laughs> music. We could talk about TV. Shit, I haven't even dug into whole WWF statement yet? Because you know, I I also grew up watching WWF, big Ultimate Warrior fan, Stone Cold, Sick. Steve Austin, and you know, yeah, and the list goes on. And so Wait, I, real
1: real quick, let me just mention one thing. Since you're a Stone Cold fan, Stone Cold has a podcast called the Stone Cold pod, or no, the Steve Austin podcast, and uh, he has an episode, um. I believe it was episode 112 from quite a few years back but he actually features one of my songs on his on his podcast and he shouts me out on there. Um it's, it's really that was like the high, that was that's one of my highs is like even though he's not in music like he in the podcast says to me he's talking to me in the podcast like saying like your music is badass. Like even though he's not a hip hop artist or in the hip hop community like just that was, like, one of the dopest compliments I've ever received because Stone Cold, I was such a huge – I still am, but especially when I was growing up as a kid, a humongous Stone Cold Steve Austin fan to my favorite wrestler of all time. So, like, that was just really dope. But, yeah, man, I love wrestling.
0: Oh, no, that's incredible. That's a high. And see, you saw – you spent so much focus on the lows that you forgot to tell a high, and I'm happy I brought oh,
1: I, up. I, I, have a lot of, I have a lot of highs, and I'm grateful for them. But I was just saying earlier on when I answered the question is that I've had, I, I know I've had more lows. But, no, you. I definitely have some highs, and I'm and and i grateful for that, and that's what definitely helps keep me moving forward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: So as I was bringing all that up, I'm like, man, I got to start transitioning because otherwise we're going to spend the whole episode on that. <laughs> And so yeah, yeah. I have this thing called trading places and you know, it's like the Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy movie, Mortimer trading places, they waking up and lives have changed. Right. So I took that idea and mixed it in with today's time. And I was like, man, I'm gonna go ahead and switch two iconic people lives. And question number one is will it work? Question number two is what would be life be like if they traded places? And so for you, I got undertaker trading places with Ray Lewis.
1: Oh, man. Question number? I don't don't think so. Them two, right? You're asking if it works or if it doesn't? No, I don't think so. And for me, the easy answer on that is because even in WWE, like, even someone who is a wrestler, all WWE, uh, not, not me, but, like, I've heard a bunch of people who are wrestlers. They've all said, Stone Cold, you know, Shawn Michaels, like, everybody has said there's not another wrestler who could be the Undertaker. So then throwing that into with any other person, like Ray Lewis even, nobody could play that. Especially in wrestling, I believe, like, the majority of the wrestlers that really made it, like Stone Cold, The Rock, The Undertaker, and you have, like, some fiction or persona to The Undertaker, but who he was was an extension of who he really was. And one thing that Stone Cold Steve Austin says a lot, which I love this idea, and I think this is, this is what happens in music, but people think that a lot of music personas are fully real life, is that in wrestling, they call it turning it up. So it's an extension of their character that they turn up, they exaggerate parts of who they are for this character to get, you know, this mass appeal on screen, on TV, et cetera. So yeah, I don't think there's a single person, not even one of the, not even the greatest wrestlers of all time, that could be The Undertaker. He's just, there's something so iconic of the delivery, the cadence, and, you know, the way he speaks, and his eyes, his mannerisms, like, it's just, it's, untouch- it's untouchable.
0: So, I'm going to go ahead and give you light, or, you know, some some light to the reason why I chose those two to switch and trade places. I okay. feel like nobody was a middle linebacker like Ray Lewis was, and he was a lights-out hitter. People were scared to death to deal with Ray Lewis. Right. It was one-on-one. And I think about Undertaker in the 90s, when those lights used to come out, And he used to pop up with the pallbearer and he'd be out of nowhere like, damn, that was on the middle of the uh, mat. And, you know, it was blacked out. And just the whole perception of it, you know, that scared the living daylights out of people. Right. And so, you know, you're absolutely right. No one could ever do what Undertaker can do. And I can see the parallel
1: that you're talking about, but on a full switch, I don't see it happening. I don't see it even remotely possible, but I see the parallels for sure.
0: Fair enough. I, I'm happy you can at least see the reason why I chose him because you over here downplayed the fuck out of my idea.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, that's just my, pers- my 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 opinion. It's not no, no, you know. It's
0: all up. It's all it's contrast and brother. You ain't gonna. But, but yeah,
1: it's just like like it's just it's that thing that again, like every wrestler has said that every best wrestler, uh, you know, all the top, you know, the top tens have all said nobody could ever, and and I fully agree with them. So that's just how I see it. Like it's a hundred percent clear to me that like, yeah, but but it makes sense what you're saying.
0: What's one thing about WWE WWF air that, that really had you like, Whoa, I can't believe that. That
1: wasn't real. Well, when I was a kid, I thought wrestling was real. So I, I thought, I thought it was all real. And then I remember like, when people would tell me it was fake, I would get furious. I would argue with them. Like, no, 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 no. So, like, even stuff that seemed, like, super exaggerated, I was like – like, I remember when Val Venus got his dick cut off. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, they could, they, there's no way that he got his dick cut off really, in, you know, on, in real life. But I'm like, no, but it's real, you know? <laughs> so, there, there, I mean, there's stuff that's, like, super exaggerated. And now looking back, it's just like, oh, hell no, there's no way. Um, but then there's some stuff that is just like, I just remember, I was like, damn, there's like, but then they incorporate a lot of realism too, right? Like, now I don't like when people say WWE is fake because the wrestling itself is real. Like yeah. I've, yeah. I've wrestled on a real ring. That shit is painful as fuck. The hits are not bullshit. You know, like, yeah, they, they find ways to try the to minimize heart- the, it- huh.
0: the bruises are real. Owen Hart falling to his death. Real.
1: Bro, those chair shots. The reason they don't do the chair shots anymore is because people legitimately got their necks broken and got excessive concussions. That's real. they like they weren't cheaper, weaker chairs that folded easily. No, these are just humongous people that are stronger than your average Joe, all hitting each other at an excessively strong fo- with ex- with excessively strong force that makes it look like it bends easily. But nah, that shit was brutal. So yeah, like wrestling is real. The outcomes are predetermined and the the storylines are often fabricated, but a lot of times they incorporate even real shit into the storylines. Like um, when like Edge, when Lita cheated on Matt Hardy with Edge and they had an affair, like that was real life that they ended up throwing into the story of the WWE, which was fake, but it was real shit. They really hated each other. Edge literally took Lita, and Lita cheated on Matt Hardy when they were together. Like, that's real shit. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, storyline, stuff like know, that's I, fake. But
0: Hey, the reason uh, why I asked that question is because the one thing that fucked me up about being a fan, it wasn't the whole, it wasn't real thing. Because, like, once you've seen it in real life, you could see, like, you know, it's a little bit more uh, uh, scheduled and and, and uh, planned. It's, but, yeah, it,
1: it's choreographed.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Very well. But a lot of it's choreographed on the fly. Like, a lot of people who don't know how it works, improv. they don't actually script this out. They, they have ways that they talk to each other, in a little, like, hand, like, the way they grab their wrists or certain things that, like, let you know, hey, this is coming. So they're, like, choreographing on the spot, like, improv, which is incredible. So that, that alone is amazing. Exactly.
0: But, no, the one thing I'm going to bring up is that I was upset that Undertaker and Kane were not brothers. That was the one oh. thing that fucked me up.
1: Me oh my god, me too, me too. For the longest, I was like, "Nah, they're brothers, they're brothers." They're like, "No, they're not." But yes, they are. And then yeah, I found out they weren't, and I was like, "What?" No reason. No wonder why they fucking kept
0: the mask on Kane.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, they they were they were, they were incredible together. The brothers of destruction. That show's dope.
0: Come on, come on. So, bro, uh I'm gonna transition out of trading places and you know the WWF talk. I got this thing called Impulse Q&A. And, you know, pretty much it's impulse questions, impulse answers. You got to answer three questions. You could pass on uh, pass on whatever you don't want to answer. But it's like a okay. perspective. they are questions on cards. And uh, here we go. Let's do it. Question number one. What happened on your worst date?
1: Oh, man. My worst date? I mean, it's pretty graphic. Should I get into it? <laughs> um
0: You know, let's let's get the uh, what is it, the Cliff Notes version?
1: Okay. Uh, she seems like like she the day of, which there was no talk of this whatsoever. The idea we had discussed that she was going to meet me at my place. The day of, she asked me to pick her up, like pretty far away. I was like, that was already annoying me because I don't like that. I was like. Why, why wouldn't you tell me ahead of time now? Like, I got to go pick you up now. I have to like, not only that late at night when it's time to drop you off, I got to drop you back off now. Cause you don't have a ride when like we already had like a plan and you were supposed to meet me here. Like that was weird to me. So that was kind of like, and normal and honestly, like with stuff like that, normally I would just like, nah, I'm good. But I was like, ah, you know, I'm free, I guess. All right, fine. I'll pick you up. So I picked her up that already started off bad. Then she came over, we're hanging out. Um, there's like this vibe to her that's just like, it was something felt like she wasn't as fun as she seemed. Because I had met her at a party, and then the rest of the time that we spoke was like on text, and she seemed pretty fun on text. But in person, <laughs> she was not that fun. So it was like, very like, duh. Uh, come, can we, yeah, I was like, can we just get to this already? So finally, like, okay, we're about to get things popping off. And then her kissing was awkward a little bit, and then. There's some stuff physically. I wasn't very satisfied with her. I don't know. I felt like she didn't come prepared for a date. And so I was like, oh, come on, girl. Like, you knew what was about to happen. Like, why why aren't you prepared? But okay, whatever. And then when we finally started doing stuff, like, turns out she's, like, allergic to, like, latex. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then I'm like, oh, my God. And then, so then I have to stop because it's, like, burning her the latex. uh, And I'm like, why wouldn't you tell me this like what did you think i was not gonna use a condom like i'm not gonna try, i don't even really know you girl <laughs> like so i was like what the hell and then so then i'm like at least trying to get like i'm already like turned on enough that i'm like I, i'm trying to get myself at least can i just get one off so i'm like okay well if we can't do that like maybe we'll just play with each other in other ways but i guess the latex already had irritated her enough that any other foreplay was already like bugging yep. her so i was like oh my god so then i'll so for me to, like, get my finish, I need to be active. Like, I'm not the type that can just, like, sit there and chill and then I'm, like, she can get me off. Like, I, I need to be doing something because nine times out of ten, like, the head by itself just, I don't know. Maybe because I, when I started off at a young age, like, I had some pretty incredible head that, like, the standard is very high. So, like, if you don't hit that level, it's, like, it's not going to work. I so I would try, So, I tried to, like, hopefully, I was hoping she could get me off and it just wasn't working. It was just like, it got to a point where I was like, and then her arm got tired. So I was just like, it's all good. It's all good. No worries. No worries. All right, cool. Okay. Oh, and real quick, what I had forgot to mention was like the first initial thing when she said to pick her up. um, And I was like, uh, like thinking about, damn, I got to pick her up. And then I got to drop her off late at night. Like that annoyed me. So I had asked her, I was like, do you need just a ride to get picked up? Or do you need both? But I, was, I already had a feeling she was going to need both. But she actually said, I can actually take an Uber back. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So the, even though I was still annoyed at some level, I was like, at least I didn't have to drive her back home late at night. So I was like, all right, cool. So at the end of it, she's like, I'm, I'm like I kind of like insinuate like, all right, you know, I got I got a long day tomorrow, blah, blah. And then she just asked me to pay for her Uber when I'm like, what the hell? Like, why, would, why wouldn't you say that in the beginning? Like, that just felt really weird too. And so I, I was just like, get out of here get out of here like here 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 and I, and I, you know what i did was like cause i was so annoyed and so pissed off um just because also too like the way she was acting too like when things w- weren't working anymore like when we couldn't really finish things like then she got frustrated because she couldn't help me finish but i was frustrated because everything else was like not going anywhere near according to plan and so then when she then she asked me to pay for her uber and uh i was like okay so i, I ended up paying her in quarters because i was like I was like, I was like, bro. I was like, I was like, nah, because I didn't have any cash on me, and I didn't want to sell her. I don't want to have like, I don't even want her to have my info at any level. So I was like, here, here. Like, so I gave her a quarter. She's like, I don't want to carry quarters. I was like, look, man, you're asking for money. Take this money. And she's like, no, I'm fine. I was like, all right, cool. And then I just walked her out. She got picked up. But oh my god, man, that was horrible. That sounds like ta- the first date. It, it it was it was horrible. And this is me kind of just again cliff notes. I got kind of detailed, but not very. And it was just like. Everything was a mess with her. It was just so terrible.
0: Oh man, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you get some type of feeling that the shit ain't gonna go right, just end it.
1: I should have, can- yeah, I should have canceled it from the beginning.
0: <laughs> he was like, you know what? I should not have been so nice because they took advantage of my nice, my kindness. <sighs> was
1: nice. Oh, and then she had like, then she had me buy her a coffee. Like, hey, can you get me a coffee? I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh my god. And I, by then, I'm like, I'm trying to get. up trying to get my I'm, I'm trying to get you know trying to get it in so i'm I, like all right fine i'll
0: give in i'll, I'll give yeah. you some energy bitch
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: question number two if you could jump into a pool full of something what would it be
1: i mean money obviously if i can take it with me um if it if it's not money then just like I always joke around about like, cause I love cheese a lot. Like when I have like, when I go to like Olive Garden and they do the Parmesan cheese, like I love cheese. I have them make it look like it's like, like a snowy day, you know? And so I'm like, man. And so there's this don't cheese. at, this at, at uh? You don't
0: tell that lady to stop when she says
1: cheese. Oh, I, I always give them a heads up. I always tell them like, hey, yo, like just, just be prepared. Your arm might get a little tired if you haven't worked out lately. And so, <laughs> and so like, yeah, like I get a lot of cheese, bro. I love cheese. So there's a spot in this burger place in Montebello that I really love, and uh, I like getting shredded cheese, like uh, yellow cheddar cheese, shredded that's cold with fries. So, it's, and I and I grab the fries and I kind of like a claw, I break it in half and I scoop it up. So I have cold cheese with hot fries. It's different than just cheese fries because the cheese melts right away and then it's just all warm and which is good too. But the cold shredded cheese with the fries tastes like incredible. So that cheese is like my favorite cheese ever, and I always joke around about like, man, if I could just take a bath in that cheese and just like eat it as I'm chilling, it's so good. Um, so yeah, if not muddy cheese,
0: he said I would have cheese. some sharp cheddar cheese.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> yep, and then just and then just like eat as I swim.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, question number three: What would be the worst movie sequel ever made?
1: Worst sequel movie ever made. That's tough because I'm not one of those sequel haters. Like I'm cool I mean, with us. Uh,
0: there hasn't been a sequel made. That means you know it's just so good the first movie. They shouldn't have a second. I'll I mine. Mine's is Boys in the Hood.
1: I agree. I agree with that. Let me let me pick one though. I would say. Damn. Well, my favorite movie of all time is V for Vendetta. As much as I would love to see V come back. No, nope. So no sequel to that.
0: Ah, uh, that's I, that's dope. I've never had someone say their favorite movie. I was like, I don't want this shit to come back. <laughs> Let's just keep it a classic. The, the
1: the ending was perfection, and like I would love to see V alive and continuing, you know. But like it just ended so perfectly. I'm like I'm okay with him dying. Fair enough. So you survived, spoiler alert.
0: You survived Impulse Q and A. You survived uh, Trading Places. And so, you know, let's reward you and talk about what you're working on, what you're excited for coming up.
1: Yeah, man. Um, and just, just heads up. I got to head out in like a, like in five minutes or so. Um, but yeah, so what I'm working on right now is I'm, well, I'm constantly working on stuff. I'm constantly making beats, making beat, making videos. I'm dropping songs like every few weeks at minimum. Um, like on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff, and all types of stuff, EDM music. I've been doing a lot of remixes to a lot of theme songs. So I did, a, like, a hip-hop trap version of the Mandalorian theme song. I did one of the Office theme song, um, The the all types of stuff. So I've been doing hip-hop music where I'm spitting bars and and doing stuff with, like, lyrical battle rap. I do songs that are about life. I do inspirational, motivational. I do deep, real shit, life music, uh, you know, club music everything you can imagine like i'm just into everything so i make music about all the stuff that i like um i've been making a lot of synth wave vapor wave 80s music um i've been re- dropping songs on that consistently so like my music catalog on spotify apple music there's, there's a decent amount of mu- music on there that you guys can check out um but yeah i have a lot more in the works that's constantly going to be dropping throughout the year music videos june 13th is my birthday and Almost every year I drop a song on my birthday with a music video. I don't think I did last year. I dropped it last year actually was like the first year in a long time that I didn't drop it on my birthday. I dropped it six days later on father's day, six days later last year was father's day. And that's when I dropped it. It was a song dedicated to my dad, but it's not a happy song. Um, and so that that's called the thank you. And that dropped like father's day. But this year I'm going back to my birthday, dropping a track. And this one is going to revolve more about skateboarding and, and, uh, like how I felt because skateboarding is another love of mine falling in love with skateboarding, how I got introduced to it and how I'm still active with it. So it's like a love letter to skateboarding, dropping a song and a music video on that. And then, um, I'm always dropping like different creative videos too. So like this weekend, I'm going to San Francisco collaborating with this big YouTuber who's big in the the Tesla community. I've done a lot of videos with the Tesla community, the Tesla cars. So I have this project that I'm working on where I'm incorporating Tesla music making. And, uh, that's going to drop probably in the next week or two. So, just constantly content. And then my podcast, I have two podcasts. I drop one every week and another one like every other week. So just, just follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, the hyphen it, same thing on Spotify, Apple music, all that good stuff.
0: Perfect. 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 Uh, bro. So you notice the show's been unique. We try to do things like other people with asking the types of questions, but not asking the same type of questions. And so, you know, that keeps us to be different outside the box. And I'm like, how do I close my show and keep that same energy? And so it hit me. You know, the listeners knows it's coming, and I'm going to hit you with it. You got any questions for me?
1: Um, yeah, where is this going to drop? Are you going to have it on YouTube? Uh... Uh, okay, I, cool. And so
0: it will be on YouTube. It's going to go on. I do everything audio and visual. So you can catch it on everywhere that uh, you can hear podcasts at. And then, you know, hopefully by season three, I will have this on a network. So sick, you, man. That's that's the whole goal. If you notice the shows, like I said, it's unique. Unique, uh, the contrast uncut part is me, I'm contrast because you know I'm mixed in culture and my skin color is white, and you know that's alone just the contrast. And then I'm uncut, like you know, we can talk about any damn thing. It's good.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, they meant uncut, like you're not circumcised. I was like, wait, what? Why, why, why is that on the title?
0: Ah oh, no not like that no.
1: I, was, I was like i was like bro that's too much info no 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 because no. <laughs> you're just like i'm uncut and then there's like a pause i'm like huh <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> i get what you mean now i get what you mean now i got gotcha. you yeah, uh, that's, okay. uh, real quick i got one more question for you uh when, when you get a chance man you down to come be on my podcast
0: Absolutely, I'm down Hell
1: yeah man, you have, a, you have a dope vibe And I appreciate talking to you Um You have a lot of insight, you got a lot of experiences also So like, my podcast is not so much An interview thing, but we vibe back and forth And we just shoot the shit Sometimes we talk about past experiences Or what you're doing, and sometimes we just talk about Topics that are in life and the world, you know So yeah man, you seem like a, I enjoy talking to you, so I'd like to talk to you again uh, On my podcast
0: Sounds good bro, let's just set it up, it ain't nothing You Sick, number. sick
1: uh, shit, I have my car back by tomorrow, so, you know, it ain't nothing. Hell yeah. So then, uh, they, okay, so drop. It's Contrast uncut,
0: so Cut, Season 3, Episode 22. Big shout-outs to Uncle Snoop's army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. I wouldn't be able to do dope shit like this and interview this brother right here on the other side of the screen and get dope stories and get history. I mean, we didn't even got the story about his worst date, everybody. I mean, shit was bad. I hope I never have to go through something like that. So make sure you guys keep in your prayers with my wife, you know? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout-outs to the hype Hyphenic coming on the show. So, bro, I appreciate you coming
1: on here, man. Hey, I appreciate you. Thank you for your time, man, and thank you for having me on. Yeah. Yo, what's poppin'? It's the hyphen it, and you are now tuned in to Contrast Uncut. Shout out to Bobby D, Uncle Snoop's Army, and to you guys for watching this.
0: Hey, big shout out to Patty, too. Yes,
1: Patty all day or day. Hey,
0: boom, bruh. Right. It's okay. Man, I know you guys can't smell this right now, and I ain't talking about none of that other stuff. I'm talking about some of that good stuff, that smell good stuff. I think it's breakfast. What time is it? It's breakfast time. Make sure you tune in to Contrast Uncut no matter what you're doing. Whether you're eating breakfast, you're smelling good food like I'm smelling, or if you're smelling other stuff, we're good to watch too. Make sure you tune in. Thank you.